Hey everybody, welcome to podcast number 121. You think we get ready for these podcasts every week, we have a whole week, and literally the intro to the podcast going on, and Tim Wiseman lets me know, oh, I just sent you some pictures. Oh, thanks, Tim. Yeah, surprise, surprise. <laughs> Carrie, I noticed on that, the open... While you guys are carrying on the conversation, yeah. I have to be doing work on the side, but thanks, Tim, that's awesome. <laughs> Anyways, what's going on, guys? <laughs> Carrie, I opened in. I saw in the opening icon artwork that uh, you added uh, Dexter's hat to the mix. <laughs> like the the five yeah. of the hat. That, yeah, uh, and I also I, added Adam into it, and he wasn't even watching. His head nope. was down. He was. I, yeah, I was sharing the podcast, boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, promotion. Yeah, but Promo. he's Adam's wearing a hat though. I think you need to take that off and get the slick back hair or something. Oh, that's yeah, I'm, fair. I'm like a fifty fifty on all that stuff. <laughs> I'm just can, you, can, you, can you make his hair like Tommy was it Tommy Wiggles, the guy from Rugrats? Like it's the same kind of same amount of hair that I think he has slipped back that there. Was, that was after my time, Timmy. Do, do you really want to compare hair? What is Rugrats? <laughs> you don't know what Rugrats? Oh man, I, no. yeah, I'm a little I feel, I feel I feel young now. I feel young. Yeah. So thanks. Oh, yeah. Uh so obviously this past weekend the Manitoba Open started up. Once again, for the year 2021, it's been a few years since they've ran it at uh, St. James Lanes and Lounge at uh, in Winnipeg. It was uh, 133 entries. I think it was 97 individuals. I don't quote me on that. I'm not sure, but I do know it was 133 in entries for the tournament through four shifts. Um, great turnout. It was uh, really well done. Tournament format was a little... Uh, little out there but i think that was the goal for them to have to produce something that's different and all that stuff and yeah it was quite the thing now carrie you-, you obviously made it to the final 16 so mm-hmm. uh you played what saturday shifts um got there yeah. friday played the baker friday night but it looked like it was you know yeah from all accounts i followed those stats along and sort of seeing the people playing in the shifts but yeah how was it for you playing obviously you played uh, pretty good and got yeah. got far yeah, so I'll go through kind of my my insight into it, obviously, because we don't have Dexters while we're here. But um, so we got there Friday evening. We were ran into some flight delays, so they held off the bakers for five minutes for us while we got dropped off by the legend Sandy Anderson came and picked us up at the airport. Awesome. Very nice. Uh, nice. So we got dropped off there. We played the bakers. It was me, Dexter, Anthony Street, and Aaron Arndt. We finished third. We lost to the eventual winners, which I think was Scotty Barber, Marcello, Schneider, and ooh, that's gonna that's gonna Santino. sting. Santino. Santino, is that? Yeah. I, was it the three? All four of them? They yeah, I think been. so. Yeah, they won the Bakers, and then uh, we played Saturday morning. I shot, I think it was just under nineteen and a half, enough to make the forty-eight cut. But uh, I decided to play again to make the top 20 cut because I guaranteed you in a later day on Sunday, you get to sleep in and you're guaranteed your uh, $300, I think, based on their entry level. But we end up getting $400 for the cut. So we got nice. our, our double entry back for the... Well, when we talked before, that was the goal, right, is to go to shoot for the top 20. And I think that's the... Yeah. The fun part of the future, uh, you know, is you want to shoot for that tw- top twenty, which encourages re-entries. Um, yeah, exactly. Just seeing the the play-in round for the 48, 48 to twenty-first, uh, 
it was uh, a bit of a crapshoot. You're in a, a block of four. You play everybody once. You get 50 bonus points for a match win. It it definitely favored the hot shooter, the guy that threw the three and a half or something like that. But to be fair, at that center, three and a halves were very hard to come by. You didn't see them too often. So um, it was, yeah, so that was the goal to get to top 20. I played really good, really good Saturday afternoon to make that uh, top 20 cut and was lucky enough to play in the, I called it the heritage blocks, the group of eight. You play set everybody uh, round round robin. So seven, seven matches, 50 bonus pins once again. Uh, won my grouping and then got to play the eventual champion in the first round of the 16, Mr. Dwayne Gilardi. Mm-hmm. And that yeah, well, congrats to Dwayne. Well done there, Dwayne. Hey. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, he uh, played Greg DeGrazia, who yeah. Dexter lost to in the round of eight. So um, we both lost to the. You know, it was interesting, obviously, looking at the guys and looking at the, the, the field of players and sort of picking out a few players you think that were going to make it. And at the end of the day, the top 16 featured a lot of those players. You know, you look at a Kerry Snyder who's had an unreal tournament year so far, you know, look at the Gillardi who's in there, obviously, uh, you know, your, yourself was in there. Dexter was in there. Greg DeGrazia was in there. Right. So we're not mm-hmm. too surprised to see the, the creams kind of rise. Um, but overall, obviously I look like a great tournament, buddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was really good. Pinfall was definitely tough. And, uh, the Winnipeg guys that play in that house definitely reminded us that, that it was, a uh, tough scoring and it definitely was there was no 400s till dexter threw a 400 on the round of 16 in his match against colton um yauza so that's right he threw 413 for the high game and it so, looked like yeah sorry go ahead tim sorry i i just when you talk about re-entries and stuff like that um obviously with the top 48 cut i think what we talked about was our biggest concern was the re-entries when you have such a you have 90 90 something unique bowlers only 48 spots right do you think that making the top 20 to have your guaranteed later and shifting out the play and shift uh part did that help increase the rebuys and if you didn't have the re that top 20 do you think it would have been the same amount of re-entries uh if you didn't have the top 20 cut no yeah the re-entries wouldn't have been the same um i look at it compared to like the five years ago when the wcbt was just starting running it was one and a half times entry cut or re-entry level, which was roughly what the WCBT was at that time for that amount of people. So it makes a lot of sense that it was one and a half time re-entry. So going forward in the future, if they get more people showing up to the tournament, like they only had 97 individuals, if they get that number to 120, it possibly will jump the re-entry level right because also that Mm -hmm. 48 cut gets a little bit tougher and the 20 is definitely a lot tougher so your re-entries will just go up so i will say uh first time we ran the tpc when we took it over from collingwood our entries was 130 right right so i mean they're right on par what people want and if they get the local support like they they did they had a really good local support and that was our biggest worry um Mm -hmm. then they're going to be really successful now they need yeah. the travelers, you know, another 20 travelers for next year, right? Guys coming in from Saskatchewan, from Alberta, from BC, even. Looks like they had lots of people we talked earlier about from Northern Ontario, which was awesome to see, uh, you know, more people from local. You know, another 20 to 30 players gives another 40 entries. So now next year you're up to 160, 170, right? It'll, it'll creep up there. 
But yeah. I like yeah. I like all the fact that Dexter's chirping and, and commenting every <laughs> minute, but yet he's not on the podcast here. I, guys, guys, I should have pre-warned you. He said he was going to talk on it. I said we're we're not going to even acknowledge him. And that's take a night off, but take a night yeah. off, Dex. You can just, um, so sorry, but I Darryl, do, so. Yeah. So you, you mentioned that, uh, you know, get those extra 20 to 30 travelers, right? I think the biggest key to that is going to be uh, the the additional offering that, you know, p- potentially becoming part of a, a, the WCBT tour stops, right? Um, what What's the kind of, you know, procedures of, of a tournament getting in? Or is it a one year or two year? Like, how, how does that all work, Kerry? Right. So um they're obviously their goal was to be a part of the wcbt that was kind of the the whole mainstay of them bringing the tournament back and stuff like that so the wcbt kind of had some eligibility criteria that they have to hit um and they definitely hit all the criteria so now it goes to um a vote at the agm by the rest of the tournaments and the wcbt board and they vote to see if it's if the board and the the tour decides if it's sustainable or they think it's sustainable, um, I, do, I personally don't see a problem with it. They reach 133 entries. They have a $200 entry fee. They have at least a 32 cut, which is one of the eligibility criterias. And yeah, and it was run super smooth. The the Divinis did a fantastic job. It's mm-hmm. yeah, uh, and I like. I love Amanda's comments afterwards, obviously learned a few things. I think, you know, obviously the live stream, you know, looking at cameras, uh, you know, following it from a fan standpoint, it was easy that lots of stats and stuff was there, but it was a little bit sort of confusing, mm-hmm. if you will, but yet the information was there. You just had to search for it and, and they kind of worked at it. So I love the fact that they're already looking at how to make it better and it will be right. So, yeah. 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 I think the hardest part is getting through um, the different levels of the finals, right? understanding how the finals yeah. are broken down and how to get into it and stuff like that. But once it becomes uh, kind of like a mainstay tournament, the, the common knowledge will just carry on, it right? Will. It'll be yeah. word of mouth. People will learn it that way and stuff. They'll like know that. what's going on and figuring it out for sure. They will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, it was, uh, it was, it was different too. Right. Um, I know they haven't hosted a tournament in such a long time, but they, they definitely put on a great show and, it was it was neat to see some old faces that we don't see very often anymore, and uh, a lot of new faces too. St. James has uh, quite a heck of a, I guess you'd call it like a house bowling. How would you explain that? Players from the house that are all decent players that are were there help representing the center and playing in the tournament themselves. So, so they have their 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 Winnipeg version of the or St. James version of the average Joes. Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> uh, these guys might be a little bit better than the average Joes. Yeah, uh, <laughs> little stone down average Joes. Sure, sure cool average Joes. Yeah. Uh, sure cool average Joes are sure gaining steam. They're they're looking at uh, expansion team for a pro league whenever this happens. They're they're ready oh, and willing. They to already play. got their sponsorship. Yeah. Oh, yeah. they are in. So yeah, love it. Uh, yeah. No, they have a great support out there. So, um, I guess the thing on the weekend, maybe you can uh, maybe explain. Um, I don't know if you want to, but uh, the hashtag piss loonies. Is that a new oh, trend man. that's going on? Is that a no? Trend, I don't think trend? he wants to explain it. We're good. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Hey, I'll leave that story for the end of the podcast. So if people want to yeah. stick around, <laughs> I have a heck of a story for you, and it might be coming from Thompson, Manitoba. So and and it involves also uh, podcast member, a uh, friend, uh, Jeff Bourne. 
I, oh no! I want Tim just throwing it out. Tim just throwing it Telling the story then, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. you just All right. blew the whole yeah. five surprise, surprise. Tim blew a story. Yeah, yeah. shocking. Yeah. yeah. Hey, All good right, thing well, WWE got postponed, eh, Timmy? Yeah. Oh yeah, Another. you know what? Your, your wife I said otherwise. It wasn't don't, a big deal. Don't have one. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad you guys. I'm glad you guys had fun there, man. That's awesome to it's hear. Good. That Winnipeg's always been such a great time and good memories when I played. So I'm looking forward to coming back for sure too. Yeah. All right. Well, let's pay some bills here first before we bring in our special guest of the week. We have. Uh, patreon.com slash five pin universe you can become a patron of the five pin universe for as little as two dollars a month helping us bring these podcasts to you every week unless uh we run into something going on the week that we can't do it but um i think we have one more podcast this year and then we're gonna take a couple weeks off and then uh we'll be back shortly after that so maybe we'll throw in some christmas stuff while we're thinking about it um and our sponsor of the week once again is all-star bowling sales um i will be doing a draw again today i will post it after we run their commercial all right to get into that weekly draw hashtag all-star draw and we'll start collecting those entries you have to comment that in the comment section and we'll pull it in for you all right weber get you weber get your entry in can i I get two in again (laughs) I, 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 I I i still can't Still can't win. I tried twice. <laughs> All right. We'll bring in our special guest of the week, Mr. Colin Kier. Welcome to the show, sir. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Appreciate it. Hey, Colin. Hey, Colin. Here. Happy to have you here, buddy. Yeah, nice to be there. Nice to be here. Um, so Colin, obviously you've you've been very competitive in the past. Did you ever happen to make a stop out at the Manitoba Manitoba Open? I was in Manitoba, I don't know, 30 years ago, 35 years ago. That was the only time. The only time I went to Manitoba. It's a nice tournament. Okay. But the format was way different than it is now. Yes. Was it at St. James or was it at Dakota? Different I think it was at Dakota. I gotcha. I know I know there it was held at Dakota for several years and then it was moved to St. James. Um but I don't have uh, – here's something for our audience. If anybody knows the winners from Dakota Lanes when it was there, send it our way because uh, we're missing all the Dakota Lanes winners. We have all the St. James ones. So. Mm-hmm. Anyways, that was <laughs> Tim Hooper. Tim Hooper, we're looking at you. <laughs> yeah, we, I reached out to Chad, so but uh, it could be in a special box somewhere. <laughs> Probably. Hey, did did Rob Shannon show up? Uh, Rob never made an appearance at the tournament, but apparently he made an appearance at the lounge later. Okay. Nice. <laughs> he's such a good player. Rob is a good player. Mm-hmm. He's uh, taken a few years off of bowling. Apparently, he's been playing a a few weeks in league or a few years in league here the last little bit, and he's been playing really well. So we're hoping to see him out again soon. Mm-hmm. Getting closer. So, Colin, where you now? You're not obviously Calgary was where you're from, but you're not in Calgary anymore. Where are you? Well, in the, we in the world? Linda and I moved to Nanaimo in 2008. So we've been here for 13 years. Gotcha. Yeah. Still, still trying to play the game. Oh yeah. So <laughs> yeah. that would well, be. I, I, let's put it this way: I haven't played 
since last November when COVID hit, because I can't play with a mask on. I just can't bowl with a mask on. Mm. We've taken a hiatus until, until this COVID thing yeah. kind of clears itself. But yeah, so would that be would that be Brecon lanes? Brecon, yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. Bray Britain, yep. Yeah. And rules there are you have to have a mask while you're yeah. on the approach yeah. to and play yeah. it. Yeah. Not even off in the pit. Got no, and it's it's uncomfortable, very uncomfortable. Yeah, I'd agree. Yeah. So we decided as a team, we decided we'll just stay away until this COVID sorts itself out and we'll go back. Yeah. We only bowl once a week. You know, it's just a just a fun league. Just Wednesday night. So it's just not competitive so much like it used to be in, in Calgary, Adam, with the Masters and what have you. For sure. Just just a fun adult league. That's all it is. Who who are you playing with? Anybody we'd know? Um, one guy you guys might know would be Sean Eby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He would probably be the only guy. Um, a fellow that was here a couple of years ago, Don Campbell, from Don Campbell, Yeah. yeah sure. He, he was here. He played here. You know, he lives in Port Alberni. Uh, who else would there be? Doesn't Linda and Marshall Raymond live out there too in Frank? Yeah, they're in Parksville. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They bowl. They bowl in Parksville. Oh, okay, a little house in Parksville. Yeah. Do you say Fran Clark is out there too, Tim? Yeah. Okay. Linda, yeah, Fran and Paul live out in Parksville as well. They moved here oh, nice. four, five years ago. So just retired life, slowing things down retired, out there, just hang, life, hanging out. Yeah. What are you? Down, yeah. Yeah, I retired at the end of last year, so I'm just taking it easy. Enjoying life now. Perfect. <laughs> do you ever do you ever go whale watching? Never done it yet. Never done it yet. No. 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 I was too busy working still. So that's all in the it's all in the future plans. There you go. We've been here for 13 years. I haven't done half the stuff we want to do yet. We're it's paradise. It is a beautiful and area for sure. Yeah. yeah. Don't it's miss good. the snow. Well, I don't miss the snow. That's one of the reasons it moved. <laughs> we only got two inches of snow yesterday, so but it's gone now. <laughs> we we left because of the the pressure, stress, and cold. We just had enough. Mm -hmm. We had enough. Decided to come on here. Best move we ever made. Best move. Yeah, I can't can't blame you for that, right? To go to the island and just it's, it's yeah, it's island speed, you know. Yeah, the, the the toughest thing was you know tough decision to make because you leave all your kids and your grandkids behind, mm -hmm. you know. But it's a tough decision. They're only an hour away, so it's not the end of the world. But it, it was a tough decision. But I'm glad we did it. I'm glad yeah. we did it. Yeah. Nice. Well, I know that uh, Adam is totally fanboying over there. We, we've oh, talked about time. this for the week, about he's so excited to have. We're, we're basically just going to let Adam run this podcast. This <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys want to know about Adam? Yeah. Yeah. Hang on. It's not a, let's talk about Adam podcast, but we will definitely want to hear that story about. <laughs> yeah. If this I is, can remember it. Yeah. This is about this is about Colin's story. So Colin, we'll get to that Can't point wait. about when you met Adam for sure. But I think we start off with you, buddy. About where did you start five pin bowling? Like as a as a young kid, did you play YBC and where did you play? Well, and how did, how did things started, start for you? I started at ten years old at Olympic Lanes in Calgary. Um, they're gone now, of course. There was no YBC when we started. It was just uh, just a bunch of kids bowled on Saturday mornings. Cost us seventy five cents for three games, hmm. and. 
play our three games, and then go home, come back every Saturday. Sort of like a YBC program, but it wasn't YBC back then. That was in 1960. But then I met a lot of good players from that, from those from those years too. You know, uh, probably guys you guys maybe not have heard of. Uh, Rick Nowasad, you know Rick Nowasad. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm in a I'm in a golf draft with him on Sunday. Yeah. Tom Parker, yeah. Tom Parker. You know, probably don't know him. Don't know Tom. One guy you would probably know. I met him. I would say in about 1964, and to this day he's still my best friend, Mr. Joe Wood. <laughs> that's awesome. yeah. we bowled in that same league for years then i moved on you know got a little little older entered a few tournaments got some got some decent scores and in you know 67 1967 i won the uh, the high schools which i think you guys call it the youth challenge now or mm -hmm. Yeah, 1967. I won that. It was my first big tournament win. It was awesome. Now, was it all all the different high schools in Calgary sent teams? Yeah. Or sent yeah. No, it was all. It was open. It was an open yeah. open tournament. Anybody in high school could enter it. Oh, okay. So it was a two day yeah. tournament. Two day. It tournament. wasn't like your school sent a team and then another school sent a team. It was just no. more for high school kids. It's high school kids. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. I won it in '67, and one of the guys was on my team in 1967. Um, Larry Ellert. Oh, uh, you guys know him or not? Late great. He's, he's, he's passed away a few years ago now. But yeah. He was on the team. Then, you know, and what, that was about 17, I guess. Yeah, 16, 17. Then I got the bug. I really got the bug for mm -hmm. league play and tournament play. And that's when it started, I guess. Really got into the game, started bowling two or three times a week. Then, luckily, I got drafted into the Masters by Al Hong. Oh, I don't know. You guys know nice. Al Hong? Al Hong, yeah. Was, yeah, yeah. was he Calgary? Yeah. Pardon me? Was he Calgary originally? Uh, he lived in Calgary. I don't know if he was. Years. No, he was originally from Saskatchewan, I think. Oh, okay. Don Sim would know for sure, because him and Don were partners. Yeah. yeah. Al, Al Hong's great. Yeah. yeah. He drafted me into the Masters, and I don't know. Early seventies, and that's when everything took off for me. Was this Masters a like a tournament or a league? Uh, a league, Masters. Yeah. It was yeah. just a higher end league of, high, of higher, higher end league in Calgary. Every Wednesday night, four games. We had stats like you would not believe. I think Sean mentioned it the other time on the show. Sure, podcast. yeah. We had stats for everything, everything. Rick knows. Even when, that. even when there was a counter pin, we had. One fellow, his name was Corey Graham, if I'm not mistaken. I hope Don's listening to this because if he'll make if I'm wrong, he'll correct me. Oh, Corey, yeah. Graham, Corey Graham holds the record for most blows in a game of seven. That's mm. when you had to hit the counter pin. Right. So you, you get zero without it, right? Yeah. Zero. Absolutely. So not. What was his score? Do you remember, Colin? No, it was less than a hundred. <laughs> Wow. So it seems like you were right on the time of like all the changes were happening, you know, obviously a YBC program and the counter pin program and all well, those like right in that middle, you know. Well, here, here, we, here we go. Yeah. When I first started, there was still a couple of lanes in Calgary that had pin boys. Set up the pins, roll the ball back. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, the counter pin for the right hander was the left one. Counter pin for the left hander was the right one. You don't get it, get no score. 
then they abolished that and made it just the one. And I think they did that just to improve the average Joe bowler. The the elite bowler, in my opinion, it didn't make much. It wouldn't have made much of a change in your average. You were getting it down anyway. Not much, not much, because if you're that good, you're going to pick your wood anyway. It was just for the average, the average person. Then, of course, we got automatic scoring or automatic uh, pin setter, free fall. Beautiful. Except double diamond. I hated double diamond. <laughs> Who didn't? Common eh? theme. <laughs> but I, I can say about double diamond, I spared aces on double diamond in Red Deer. Then, of course, we went to strings. Then personal balls mm -hmm. and now synthetic lanes. So yeah. it's been quite a change in 60 years of bowling, for sure. Some you've lived it all. Up. What's that? And you've lived it all. <laughs> I've seen it all. I've seen wood pins too. Exactly. They make a nice sound. They make a nice sound. Oh, especially the thick cracker. Bang. Oh, so yeah. good. Your ball would just love it, Adam. Your ball yep. would just love the sound. Yeah. Except free fall. I would not like free fall. Anything nope. in the pocket, aces, aces, aces. No, uh, thank you. No, I don't think so. No, you you change your you would change your your ball to free fall. I'm, I'm not that good, Collie. <laughs> I like how uh, Don Sim throws in the comment about Colin. You handled all the transportation uh, for the first shipment of bowling balls. And then wonder if you still throw the green star lines. And that's something that I I remember too. I was trying to think about yeah. what Carlo oh, they yeah. were, but of course well, they were. And, okay. and a, a big hook yeah. too, right? Like yeah. Don Don started the bringing the balls in from Perella. Yeah. And I was working for a company that I worked for for 33 years. I was I did all the customs work for them. So Don approached me and asked me if I could help him with bringing these balls in through into Canada through customs. And yeah, we did Don and I did that for probably three or four years. But yes, I do still have the green star lines and I still use them. <laughs> they are marked one and two. So one, <laughs> number ball. Don't we all have superstitions? Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. You have a now, primary, you, primary and a secondary? Yeah. Do you throw the second ball first? Never. Perfect. Never throw the right. second ball first. Always throw the first ball first, <laughs> except for the 11th strike. Then you throw the second one. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, so my problem. But how many times do you press the reset button, though, Colin, on that? On that? Uh, my name's not Adam. <laughs> <laughs> hey, take a look. Take a look at that video. And tell me every, every single one of those were offset badly. I I, so. I watched the video three or four times. I can't tell from from where it hit. It, 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 it was there. Don't offset pins, Adam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember oh, yeah. your uh, your first big game? You talked about some big games when you were younger. Your first 400. First 400, I was 15 years old, 408, in uh, at Olympic Lanes in Calgary. Where was Olympic? Uh, downtown, 8th Avenue and 8th Street. If, I don't know if you know Calgary or not. Yeah. yeah 32 lanes. Uh, Holy. 32? 16 up and 16 down. Yeah. Nice. Bold there for years. That'd be cool to document too. And now we're experienced. We talked, I think, last week with Bill Douglas about all the different Edmonton bowling centers that have come and gone. I'm sure Calgary has a similar, you know, storyline and graveyard of bowling centers that would yeah, be cool to document and map them around the city of where they were, a number of lanes and all that stuff, right? That'd be, there was, there was Olympic downtown on Eighth Avenue. There was Lucky Strike. 
There was Gibson's downtown, upstairs and downstairs, they're gone. Westbrook, Gibson's Westbrook is gone. Crescent Bowling and Billions is gone. Centennial is Centennial. gone. It's now the Bowling Depot somewhere else in Calgary. Move, move twice. Boy, that's about it. There's not many left. Chinook Fair, is still Fairview, there. Fairview, Claiborne. Fairview is gone. Yeah. Claiborne's yeah. gone. Yeah. 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 So the Chinook Paradise, the Bowling Depot, and I think Mountain View are the only ones that are left. They were originals. If I'm not that's mistaken. Wow. Yeah. Because hmm. it was it was well bowling was huge back in the fifties. Yeah, big vibrant community, and we see somebody like Walter Heaney posting, uh, you know, some of his stats uh, oh. of all these neat tournaments and seeing the stories and some of the, yeah. the history and pictures. I mean, it just the community would have been amazing on a weekly night or a. Yeah. Well, yeah, back in the day, back in the day in the sixties, if you bowled league, there was two leagues: Monday to Friday, seven o'clock and nine o'clock, full every lane every. Every lane bed in the city was full. Yeah. And in between shifts, I remember bowling at Olympic. In between the seven o'clock and nine o'clock shift, you come up with a ball cleaner and clean the balls before the next shift. And it was yeah. nine o'clock you started. Wow. Yeah. And you play three games in that? Three yeah. games. Yeah. yeah. But Tim, how, Tim, how did teams get imagine getting three games done in, in a two hours? Oh, easy. brutal. Easy, easy, easy. You had free fall. You didn't have to. Didn't have to clear wood every ball, like strings to pick to pick up every frame, every ball. Sure. Every ball. Yeah, yeah. Fall, I, not, not I, and lane courtesy probably not as much no. back then too, really, no. right? Well, it wasn't as pre you know, uh, prevalent as it is now, but it was still there. I mean, I, yeah. I okay. think computer scoring really slowed things down too. I think because because everybody was always down there at the desk. I, I remember because we were. And now with computer scoring, everybody else is gallivanting, doing whatever else. And, and oh, it's my turn. Oh, you know, cannot pay attention, right? Everybody's always down below most times with your team, right? And, and let's face it, back in the day too, uh, there was no bar. So your bar was in your shoe, a bowling shoe bag, right? You didn't have to go to the bar. So <laughs> it was a little bit faster. <laughs> That's true. But you didn't socialize much back then either. You stayed on your lane. You did, you, yeah, yeah. You, did you, you know, nowadays you walk around, you talk to everybody. It, it's way different. It's way different. Yeah. You know, and, right. you know, well, you had to, when it was your turn to bowl, you bowled. And when it wasn't your turn, you had to sit down and keep score. Yeah. You know? You don't have to do yeah, anything. you had to pay attention to know when it's your turn. Now the computer screen flashes at you and tells Flash you when it's your turn, yeah. right? It's yeah. different. Yeah. It's true, hmm. though. I, I really I, I think that was a huge issue, right? It is so a huge issue. When did you meet? You You talked about Joe Wood, uh, and obviously a nice comment he mentions back to you, best friend and greatest bowling partner. I think feelings are mutual. That's awesome. When did you meet him, and what? tell us more about, uh, you know, playing Joe? some of the tournaments and hanging out with you. Yeah, Joe, yeah. Well, I met Joe. I'm going to say, unless I'm wrong, I don't know if Joe's listening or into this or not, but I would say about 1964. Uh, we met at Olympic in our in our league play, and then we stayed in touch. And then, you know, as you get into your teenage years, you kind of go your separate ways. He got married, I got married. We finally got back together about 35, 40 years ago. And uh, he was. Uh, 1990, when we had the Open at Paradise, he was the judge of play, and uh, I'll never forget this. He's just a great guy. We were bowling Edmonton, 
second last game of the tournament. Uh, I was on the team, I think it was Lynn Howell, Bruce. I was bowling Brad Anderson. Dwight Anderson was a coach. I started with a double. And then my third strike, I chopped it. The headband came back and took out the left 3-2. I don't know if Lynn Howe's listening to this or not. <laughs> Lynn Howe turned to Dwight Anderson and said, you watch, he's going to bowl a perfect game. Come to the ninth frame, I got my ninth strike. <clears throat> Tenth frame. Joe's right behind. He, he's right behind. He stops the, the lane beside us. Stopped him. And I got to give respect, total respect to Dwight Anderson and the Edmonton men. They stopped everything to let me play. Well, and before you know it, everybody in the whole center knows what's going on. So if you ever been in a situation where you know everybody's watching you, but you can't see them. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys have ever had that. Yeah, oh, blinders. Yeah, a bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So anyhow, I got my 10th, I got my 11th, and I got the perfect game. But if it wasn't for Joe stopping the guys to my right and Dwight holding his guys back for me to play, I'm not sure where that would have ended up. Hmm. It was just an awesome, That's crazy. awesome, awesome experience. That's, that's that, what gets, if you yeah. play the Edmonton guys now, Tim would have cut you off for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I would have pushed the reset button in the middle of your swing for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tim, Tim, Timmy never plays anchors, so he, he wouldn't have seen it. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about that, little guys, because Colin, you bring up an interesting point about, <clears throat> pardon me, is guys stopping around you, whereas a lot of times now it's like, no, guys, keep going, keep going. The guy's in a rhythm. You have people going. You don't want to draw attention to yourself. Um, you know, anybody else? Adam, obviously, you threw a perfect game here recently. Um, did you feel like, you know, guys stopping or still playing? Or, or what's the mentality when that happens? For, for, for me, I, I like people still playing. It just kind of feels more normal. Uh, and and uh, Except I, I think when I'm on the approach, if I'm not seeing anybody probably in the next two lanes over, something like that, so you, you still have some background noise but you still have full attention on kind of your shot um yeah i don't know I, I i i can understand wanting the dead silence but i think the dead silence can actually hurt myself i don't know yeah i, think I guess it depends on what the situation that you're in and obviously colin was in a situation that was perfect for everybody just let's just stop let colin go yeah. about his business and let's just yeah. finish your frame buddy and we're all here to support you it which was me. what the mentality and the attitude was of the bowlers around you right and Whereas, his was tournament play as well, right? Sure. Which is totally different than league. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think it, yeah, I think the quietness it could also be if you're in the zone, I think like mentally in the zone, I don't I think the quietness could be a benefit for sure. I don't know. I've only been on eleven in a row once and I've been on ten in a row three or four times. Um I, oh, Tim, Tim, let me let me tell the story. Yeah. Yeah, I've been there a few times now. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to throw my perfect yet, so. yeah. uh, uh At the open qualifying, the, the whole center shut down like when I was throwing my perfect game in 10. So I kind of understand where Colin's coming from from that point. But at Masters, everybody just continued to bowl like it was normal. <laughs> so I've had both sides of it. And 
I don't think it really matters. I think you're kind of in the zone, like Tim was saying. You're in the zone. It doesn't matter if everybody stops or if the play continues around you. I guess as long as nobody's like crowding you and watching over your shoulder, I think that's kind of maybe where the issue would would come in. But I don't know. Well, I, I think I think for everybody, it's probably a little different. Yeah. For everybody, for me, it didn't matter to me. I mean, I, I guess you'd like your, you're like Carrie, like you say, you get in a zone and it doesn't matter if there's a guy beside you, behind you, 100 people behind you, it just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. You're in that zone. You know what you got to do. You got your rhythm. You've got the things you do all the time and you just carry on that way. Yeah. 12 strike is no different than the first one. Yeah. It's just one in a row. If I ever got there, it'd certainly be nice. Probably, my thinking is that you know, if things did just slow down around me a little bit, so this let me focus on it. Though I have no distractions to the right of me or to the side of me, just sort of okay, guys, let's just settle back. Maybe on ten is okay, and eleven, twelve, you know, kind of then. But you're right, Carrie. No crowding or overlooking your shoulder, and you know, sure, people are watching from afar, but don't start, you know, everybody from sixteen coming all the way down to two, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, not now everybody's got the the camera out too, right? So well, and you know the camera's coming out. I mean, nowadays anybody that's bowling five pin that's shooting a perfect game, you know the camera's coming out, and you're probably going live, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That thing's being live streamed to everybody. Which speaking of, we you know footnote here, uh, we did have a perfect game last week uh, in Manitoba, right? Guys? Maybe we'll talk about that later. Got tickle in my throat here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've had. Three perfect games in the last week, right? La- last Wednesday, we had Mr. Jeff Young, Young throw a perfect game. And now we right. had Will Thompson in Winnipeg at Dakota Lanes throw a perfect game. Mm-hmm. And, um, wow, I'm drawing a blank. Well, obviously, Adams was a little while back, but I thought I'd seen a third one. Maybe it was just a two this last week. Was there another one at Shore Bowl that I missed? Right? No, no, no. There, there, there. You're right. There, there was another one, but there was no video. Oh, I can't remember. If it, some, somebody, somebody tagged uh, Five Pin you on Facebook. I remember that. Well, you guys carry on this conversation. Yeah, and well, I will do. The let's research. talk about something. Obviously, uh, we're talking about perfect game games. So, perfect time to talk to you, Colin. Amazing stat that you had, um, Tim. Go ahead on that stat. That's a that's a wicked one. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, Colin, you had nine attempts at a perfect game, and you shot three of them. Yeah. Um, nine, nine attempts. Nine attempts. Uh, we wow. were throwing in our group chat. I was like, that's absolutely outstanding. Yeah, like, but the percentage, percentage is not very good. <laughs> What's, your percentage? What's your percentage, Gary? Um, I've made it to the 10th frame on a nine-bagger five times. Oh, on perfect game. What, what about 12, though? 12, 12th ball, how many times you got it? Three times? Yep. Yeah. So you're 100%? Yep. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I don't have anything above a four, 435 unless it's perfect. Great. Good. good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't make it to the tip very often. No, you're 100%. I'm, I'm 33%. That's not a very good average. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, so, two, I'm two for three with, with a 12 count. 12 count. I was the other. paradise, wasn't it? That? Uh, yeah. Paradise, yeah. yeah. So yeah, if put it in perspective, Colin had nine shots and twelve. That's I don't know. Yeah. I can't even think 
Nine nine attempts is ridiculous. I've never That's missed so the middle. Insane. Never missed the middle. You got three head pins. Uh head split and a head two and the last one was a chop. Well, that, that's kind of one of the things that uh, that I mentioned with the group earlier, too, is uh, you, you're very known for, for hitting the middle a ton. Like, you, you're probably 90-plus percent for a career, uh, and, and basically your misses were all plows. You, you basically ran a million strikes with plows in there, right? Yeah, true, Adam, true. Yeah. So so I'm not, not totally surprised. I actually figured that, that probably five or six of those were, were probably head pins. So, Three of them were. Yeah. 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 Do you remember some of them uh, stick out to you more than others uh, of those attempts or actually the perfect games? Obviously, the one about the Open is... Uh, well, the perfect, the yeah, my very first perfect game at Chinook was on lane 31 and 32. And I got the 10th, I got the 11th, no problem. And I picked up the 12th ball. I don't know if you guys have ever felt this or not. I picked up the 12th ball, I put it in my right hand, and I said, I knew this is a strike. This is the strike. I know it is. There was, there was no doubt in my mind. That's the only time I've ever felt like that. It was an awesome feeling. Pure zone. It is. A, it's a neat feeling. I've been there a few times too, and you just you feel it. But as you're standing there, you just know 100 percent it's a strike. And you guys have likely been there more than I have. That you just know that that feeling. This the situation. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. I'm throwing a strike. Yep. Exactly. Yep. yep. Like a weird calmness. Yeah. In a shot where there should be like no calm. But on the same side, I've been standing on the approach and knowing that this is going to be a head pin. And no matter what I try to do to not get a head pin, it's still going to be a head pin. Right? And sure enough. Yeah, there you go. Talk yourself, yeah. yourself into it. Yeah. Yeah. Into it. yeah. 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 Sure. But how so, about some of the other perfect games, Colin? Where were those at? Uh, uh, and well, you, had, you talked about the, the second. Where was the third? And then some of those attempts. Um, okay. Any of those stand out to big situations, big tournaments, or where they might have been that uh, you didn't get it? The second one was at uh, Centennial Lanes in Calgary. League play. League play. Um, we were bowling on lanes five and six. And a, another friend of mine... He's passed away now. His name is Wayne Gerling. He was bowling on lanes one and two. We both started with a nine-bagger. So the whole league shut down. I bowled first and ten got my 10th strike. He bowled in the 10th frame. He punched. So everybody came over and watched me finish off. <laughs> and boom, two more strikes, and I was done. The third one was at the Open in 1990 at Paradise. That Joe would, when we, just, we talked about Joe Wood a few minutes ago. Yeah, that was the third one. That was the third one. That's cool. Yeah. Um, taking you back a little bit too, we got a footnote here about your your brother Daryl winning a tournament too, the high school championships. What was that about? Well, he won it in 1966. He's okay. two years older than me. He he was uh, him and I were pretty close when we were kids. We did everything together. If we played baseball, he waited for me to get old enough to play little league. So we played and we bowled together for years and years and years and years. But that was the only big tournament he ever won was the high schools in 1966. He's a southpaw. He's a and pretty you good player. Year, you won it the year, year right after. after that. The next year. The next year, yeah. yeah. Must yeah. have been a happy household. It was back then, yeah. <laughs> now, were you friends friends about it, or did you get very competitive about it, like many other brothers we know? Like well, we now? were competitive enough. We were competitive enough, you know. Um, 
how do you, how do you say that? Then to answer the phone. Um, <laughs> she'll answer. She'll answer. Uh, Daryl didn't take the game as seriously as I did, so he was he was okay. He was an average bowler, but you know he averaged probably two forty, but never never got a perfect game or any big games like that. He wasn't as competitive as I was. But he, he had to quit. He had to quit bowling. His health reasons. He had to quit. So as you started then getting into the adult sort of ranks, obviously you talked about the Masters League uh, was super competitive. Where did you start playing, you know, tournaments, say, like the Open or cash tournaments? Yeah. Well, I started, the, first I started, yeah. started the Open. I don't remember exactly when. First Open I went to any of any significance was 83 uh, with the mixed team. We won the uh, Alberta championship we went to thunder bay for the nationals at galaxy so we're mr don sin if you're listening don i remember your perfect game bold at galaxy back then uh we ended up winning the bronze medal but you know and that's what 1983 so i'm coming 40 years ago and unfortunately there's only three of us four of us left from that team. barry martin has passed away Fran Jones has passed away. Nancy Harris or Nancy Bacos has passed away. Helen Berry's passed away. The only ones that are left are Char, which is our coach. Char Williams is our coach. Greg Gagluck and Tom Anderson. Hmm. Then I bowled a lot of cash tournaments. A lot of cash tournaments. Yeah, so early, on, early, early, yeah, early on, you you did the whole circuit. You would you would play them all. Gotcha. Yeah. No, I didn't do, only did Saskatoon a few times. Okay. Uh, being, you know, I'm a single dad with two kids, so it was tough to do. But Saskatoon did a couple of times. Always did the Rose Bowl. Always did the Rose Bowl. Always did the Autumn Open. Uh, went to the Okapogo in Kelowna. I'll tell you a quick story about that. Joe and I went to Okapogo many, many years ago. And it was a really big tournament back then, really huge tournament. And they had a singles pot. I think it was 20 bucks to get in. And the singles pots were close to $200 a pot. So I think it was the second or third game of the tournament. I'm not sure. I shoot 408. And I thought, holy crap, I'm going to win this pot. Uh, no. Yeah. I was the name of Russell Hunt. Yeah. You know Russell Hunt? Yeah. yeah. Beat me, shot four fifteen or something. Yeah. Devastating. <laughs> Devastating. Devastating. <laughs> but I met some really nice people out there. You know, Richard Grubb, yeah. Fred Hickey, uh, who else was out there back then? A few I guys that I can't think of the name. I guess Richard Russell Hunt, Hunt. Russell Hunt coming off the lane really fast and hard. Yeah, that's him. That's him. That's him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good time. But yeah, this cash tournaments, a lot of cash tournaments in Calgary. You know, doubles at, at Paradise. Adam, you remember yeah. that doubles at Paradise? Many times. Many times. Yeah. A lot of good actually, times back then. Actually, Paradise doubles. That that's where you have your high triple or is it the high quad. High quad. High quads there. Yeah. Fourteen sixty or something. Fourteen thirty six. Thirty six. Okay. Yeah, there was an Alberta record. I think Mark's got it now, Tim. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah John Stone. Yeah. 1436, where was this played at? Paradise. Paradise in Calgary. 
So what were the scores there? Was that a perfect game in there? No, no, 442. 442. Wow. And what was, was that just before Paradise went to be just like crazy, crazy scoring? I, I remember scoring was always really good there, but it went through a stretch of about five years where it was just ridiculous, was, right? Right in that time, Adam. Right in that time, it was crazy. Bob Miller did a hell of a job Yeah, doing up his lanes. It was a crazy, crazy scoring house. I had more attempts at a perfect game in paradise than anywhere. Uh, conditioning the lanes, right? Not oiling. Conditioning. Conditioning. And <laughs> I think, I don't know what he did, but the pins, well, the pins just fly in paradise. You guys know that. Yeah. Yeah. They just fly. It's a sexy lane for to watch the pins fly. That's, you know, yeah. Yeah. You're, you're up close, you're sitting down there, and they just, they just go boom. Yeah. It is. It's the word that I feel like when I was when I was there. It just it it that is you know, yeah. it's, it's a perfect word for what it looks like when the, when the pins are splattering at uh, at Paradise for sure. Yeah, and, and it's still close as you can get to kind of the original game still, right? Like there's still 18 inches. There's still original bases. They it, unfortunately they had to go to synthetics, right? Because yeah. everybody's gonna yeah. have to make that sacrifice because wood is expensive. And uh it yeah, it's it's just got a different sound when you hit the pins yeah. on see, original see, yeah. bases. See, this is another thing that's kind of concern concerns me too. Is that yes, the pins are at eighteen. I think you can go to seventeen, can you not? Yeah, correct. Yes. Yeah. Or and now are, are some of the bases the bases are shaved now too? They're the, actually a little increased. bit taller. Yeah. 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 Is that? I'm, I'm from the old school, so does that so match all the lanes like that now? No. 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 See, that's, it should be standard. C5 should make it standard. You no. can't. Uh, the, the, the trouble is, you can't force proprietors to have to buy new equipment. So that's why there was the allowance for the range of you can or you can't so if it's a proprietor choice to get it if they want obviously right yeah um, but it's it costs money for the machine upgrades or the pin upgrades or for that to do that and there's you, you can't you can't force it yeah. so that's i think the yeah. top there right so the black bases are a little bit taller and but they're a little bit more narrow but if you take the old uh wood wood pins they're about the same diameter the base on the bottom as it used to be uh the, the the black sorry the the white bases out there nowadays on the plastic are actually thicker uh, than the than the, the old wood pins are um so when i've changed over to the black ones i found about scoring to be about 12 12 pins higher on average yeah. now um i found it probably easier for our ladies and for our like seniors to get the late falling ones and obviously the higher average bowlers i mean it went up uh, exponentially we but uh i i think it's i think that's fair the 17 inches i i still have my uh my issues with it a little bit right um but if you mix them all together it, it becomes uh quite something <laughs> how many of them tim we talked about this before but remind me how many centers across the country are 17 inches i would like to say probably no more than five Okay, in all of the country, there's only five uh, yeah. centers that are. I have no, no more than I can think of top of my head. I think Nebs, and I think uh, Bonnie Dune is, and I think Bronx's, and there's probably a couple other ones that we just don't know about. Right. So if anybody yeah. knows any centers are 17 inches out there, fire us just so we have yeah. conversation. Yeah. So those are the only ones I can think of. Right. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's all based on the average bore, right? The average Joe coming off the street. Yeah, uh, but yeah. it all it, they they try for it, but everybody knows uh, whatever that you uh, kind of grease it up for the average bowler. It's just going to make the the better bowler like all of us here have higher scores and kind of separate that even more, right? Yeah, yeah, um, of, course, of course. As we talked about on on podcast, it basically killed our Wednesday night match play league at Bonnie Doon, right? It, it actually was probably the big reason why it died. Oh, yeah. Because the scores became too big, and all of a sudden it just became too inflated, and and it just didn't work out anymore. Well, if you you punch on your triple, the other guy goes five bag. You might as well just shake hands there. It's over. Yeah, crazy, crazy game. Yeah, it came about more about striking than um, bowling, grinding. Right, five pin's always been kind of a grindy game. Like I understand it's not as grinding as uh, candle pin or duck pin, but it's not 10 pin right where you you expect to strike every hit or a nine count five pin there's got to be a little bit of a grind and once you make the scoring too easy it it kills the competitive side i think a little bit more it it definitely probably helps your entertainment value but i think for the weekly basis um obviously is where you guys found too much but playing individual tournaments there, whether it's the open qualifying or we just had POA tournament there or masters mm. there, it's kind of fun, right? Um, you know, it's, yep. it's you know, I, I'd like to, I think it's kind of fun, but I get it from your standpoint on a weekly basis of just running eight baggers and nine baggers. It's not fun really anymore. So it's the novelty wears off at that limitation, right? It's funny, right? It's, it's not that much of a difference, but they're, they're it, you went overboard. It's yeah. no fun anymore. It's no fun for anymore. The, for the elite level bowlers, not for the average leagues and the regular leagues, just for yeah. that really high end league. The guys are already averaging 260, 270. Now you've got the entire league over 260, 270. Yeah. Right? There's yeah. no, you're 300 average bowlers. It's just, it's a different yeah. level, which, yeah. Quite, quite frankly, I think it actually narrowed that gap, right? Because he, he, there was yeah. less grind, just, just like Harry was mentioning. And, yeah. uh, you know, you put your, your years in the game, you put your, uh, you practice into the game to get better and better on, you know, corner spares and things like that. And now all of a sudden those type of conditions uh, completely take that away, right? Yeah, it, it eliminated the guys that picked 90, 95% of their spares, right? It eliminated that portion of the game. It's now all of a sudden the guy that hits the middle 90 or the guy that hit the middle 95% of the time punched a few times in there had to pick their corners. Now the guy that's hitting the middle 85 is striking just as much as they are. Like it, it, yeah. yeah. I don't know. We kind of always come back to that about mm -hmm. that whole situation. I, I'd like to hear, um, yeah. you know, I'll bring up other bowling centers. Do they have the same experience? I don't know. We're getting totally off topic here um, in their leagues. So Nebs, did you guys have a really high end league that that happened to, or, so yeah. Nebs didn't have that issue. Um, only reason why Nebs didn't have that issue is they didn't have the, the black bases on. Oh, okay. So there's a difference, and, another variable. Right. Yeah. And then I think they went to black bases now. And I don't think it, I don't know if the, I don't know if their league was the same caliber as what our league was. Um, I don't know if Colin remembers the Wednesday night league or heard about the Wednesday night league we used to have. It used to be at Skona, used to be at Windsor back in the day yeah. and whatnot. Um, it's a cap system. So you bring your three players in. And you just had to be under a cap. And most times it was like 
you know, 720 for your three players, or sometimes it was 717 or, or whatnot. Some years the, when it was going to the end of the year uh, for when at the end of the, the run of the league, it was like 780. It was like 780, 773. And I'm like, it's, it's literally 60 pins higher the cap of the mean average than it was, you know, five or six years ago. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that just shows you the, the difference in the pinfall there was absolutely astonishing. Hmm. Yeah. I think, I think probably the best two pinfall houses I ever played in would have been paradise mm-hmm. and KG. KG. Yeah. Tell us about KG and your experiences there, buddy. I, mean, I remember my early days too, coming down and first eight couple invitationals and there was Colin Keir there playing at these events. Oh. And that was my first time introducing to you. And Incredible just, scoring. Yeah. House. Incredible scoring. House. Incredible scoring. House. Unfortunately, I never did that well there. I, I only got past, I think I won three matches on the A side once. Other couple of times, boom, boom, gone. But I'd shoot, you know, a decent score, decent score. Just get killed. Just get killed. But it was a great scoring house and a great, very well-run tournament. Very well-run tournament. Don Simmons went there a couple of times. And you would have been uh, – would, would you have played in the Invitational? No, I didn't play the Invitational. No. no okay. No. No, no, just played the regular tournament. What, what are some of the uh, kind of the top finishes of your cash circuit uh, back in the day? For what? Tournaments? Yeah, like cash tournaments, you know, high placings, anything that's memorable. Mine, 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 mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I finished second twice at the Autumn Open. Bruce beat me once. And Steve, Steve Largen, I think his name was from Vancouver, beat me once. Um, I won City Calgary twice. Well, that's not a cash tournament, but that's okay. Uh, that's Rose Bowl. Accomplishment. Rose Bowl, I third three times um just many 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 tournaments i've won a few many tournaments but those are probably the biggest tournaments now but autumn open has it always been the format that it is where you'd have the yeah. the qualifying yeah. on the sunday morning and then the 15s after yeah yeah, yeah okay. always been that way that's, and, that's one of the best tournaments ever yeah yeah i'll ask you that that in the rose bowl well what do you guys call tbc now TPC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 What was it that you liked so much about the Autumn Open? Format. I love the format. I love mm-hmm. the format. It 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 takes it shows okay to qualify, it's it's tough to qualify. No doubt about that. But then you get to the and you get to the top sixteen. Yeah. That's hard to get. It's hard to get. Hard to get. That separates the good bowler or the great bowler from the good bowler. Let's put it that way. Then you, when you get to the 15 game that separates the smart bowler against the bowler that just chucks it. It, it, it has a lot to do with, with uh, stamina, uh, thinking about the game not just getting up and throwing the ball. Anybody can do that. But you got to think through the game and you got to pace yourself. You have to pace yourself for 15 games. Yeah. And that's the hard part. The hard part is pacing yourself. And not getting, you get, you don't get physically tired so much. 
is you do mentally tired. Big time. Yeah. It's, the mental, it's the mental part of the game that it gets to you. And if you can go weather the storm with that, you'll do fine. You'll do fine. But it's tough. It's tough. But you, you look at you look at the autumn open, you could theoretically, you could theoretically, this is only a theory, you could win every match, still lose a tournament. Yes. <laughs> you could. You could be high average and lose the tournament. That's Absolutely. Absolutely. Every year. <laughs> you could lose the first game, you know, 390 to 380 carry and lose. And and, lose. Yeah. and that could be the deciding factor, yeah. End up being second place, right, buddy? You know you know yeah. all about that first, no. like Colin. Yeah. You can shoot Actually, 220 and, 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 and beat the guy and get 50 points. And yeah. yeah. And still lose. Yeah. And still yeah, lose. The, the, the but it's a great tournament. tournament. The Rose yeah, Bowl was also a great tournament. Rose Bowl was also a great tournament, and it still is. Rose Bowl, I thought, was so cool. Was the same format? Rose Bowl? Sorry, was it always the same format as it currently is? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But Rose Bowl was so cool at Bonnie Doon because it was so big, right? I mean, you had 48 lanes, and you had qualifying going the whole lane. It was just – it was the biggest tournament that there was. It was huge. It was huge. Colin, uh, you you might remember this. Was the three-game – match on the Sunday, was it total pinfall or was it race to two? Total pinfall. It was total pinfall. So Regina was the one that switched? I think so. One of one of them definitely was a race to two. <laughs> I just don't know if it was like at Prairie Lanes in Regina or if that was Rose Bowl, but obviously no, I you seem like you have a pretty good memory, so I, I trust you. Three game total. Three game total. I'll tell you a story about the Rose Bowl. A little story. <laughs> they used to have what they called um, an investment seminar after the qualifying round. Oh, yeah. We hear we hear of these stories. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, we, we go into we go into the, they're doing the top thirty-two, top thirty-two, <laughs> and and they're bidding away, bidding away. I, I think it was Bruce's name that came up, and I'm not hundred percent sure. But a fellow from Calgary by the name of Larry Ellert, who is known to have a few beer every once in a while. <laughs> he was at the, at the seminar, and I'm sure it was Bruce's name that came up, and the bidding started, and he kept, Larry kept bidding it up, bidding it up, bidding it up. I think it got to 1500 or 1800 bucks, and nobody else was bidding, so they sold it to Larry. <laughs> so Larry walked up to pay for it and says, I don't have any money. I don't have any money. I'm just doing this for fun. <laughs> so, <laughs> wow. So they so they actually banned they banned Larry from bidding again, and they had to redo Bruce's all over again. I think he went for twelve hundred bucks. Right. But, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you were you were mentioning a bit earlier about some of these uh, evenings got a little bit carried away, and uh, were some were some good. <laughs> Good, good, good side action going on. Yeah, there was a, some of it I can't talk about. Yeah. <laughs> so we had some, we had we had good times. We had good times. We good. we had good times. Uh, um, I'll tell a little story. I don't know if Tracy's listening or not, but I'll tell a little story about Tom. In 1991, we were in Lloyd for the provincials. That's when Durban Noble threw his perfect game. We're sitting at the banquet and. Tom came up and 
I was chatting with somebody and Tom came up and he stuck his tongue in my ear. <laughs> <laughs> true story, true story. Joe, if you're listening, you'll know. I, I literally heard this story this weekend. Did you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so so anyhow, I just said to Sam, Tom, that's okay. Um, I will get you. Someday I will get, get back at you. So in, in 92, we're in Medicine Hat for the Provincials. And uh, we're at the banquet. And we're having dinner. And Tom's over with the Edmonton team. And I'm with our team. And Marshall Raymond, Linda's husband. And I said to Marshall, we got to get Tom. And he said, well, what do you want to do? He said, well, just follow my lead. So we went to the bar. I bought an Uzo for Tom. I bought a shot of Uzo for Tom, a shot of water for Marshall, and a shot of water for me. Went back to the Tom's table. Tom, we bought you a drink. So threw it back. To make a long story short, he drank, Tom ended up drinking the whole bottle. Wow. Whole bottle of Sambuca, and we just had water. So we did, well, what else are we going to do? So we got Grand Marnier. We gave him Grand Marnier. We did Coke. <laughs> so he, he was pissed. He was absolutely hammered. And the dance started. So Tom started, got up on the table and he started to, to dance and strip a little bit. <laughs> Just a little true bit. story true story true story As Lynn, Lynn didn't talk to me for years didn't talk to me. it was a good time it was a good time we had some really good times at the, at the banquets we used to take a we had a kid on our team his name was Alan I can't remember his last name and we took him around to all the all the hospitality rooms and he said Alan these are legends Bruce Mortar's a legend Lynn Howell uh, Derwin Noble, Dan Radai, these are all legends. And he was so impressed and happy to get to meet those guys. It was just absolutely, it was wonderful for him. It was wonderful yeah. for him. <laughs> those, open, those open experiences for you were pretty cool. I mean, I remember, you know, my rookie years, I think you were still playing and, and playing against you. And even Joe Wood was obviously on the teams and, uh, you know, I was probably one of those players coming in and obviously being from Calgary, uh, you know, this is Colin Keir. This is the guy. So yeah, yeah de definitely some good memories. Um, my but, mom might get a little upset. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, six time open provincial champion, Colin, um, talk oh. about some of those open provincial teams that you would have played on and, uh, and, and winning those, uh, those teams. 1989. Um, Red Deer, that, that was the Nationals. Red Deer was the provincial think at Edmonton. On the team was uh, myself, Don Sim, Brian Rossetti, guy we called the Gooner, Perry oh, Farkerson. Farkerson. Yeah. Um, who else was on the team? Brian Rossetti. Brian Rossetti, I think. Brian was on the team. So we won that. Uh, we were playing in, in Edmonton, and we were playing north. I'm not sure if it was the north or south. It doesn't really matter. We were losing badly. We ended up going 4-4 four four in the game. Oh. 
the only reason we got four points was Terry shot a four a three ninety eight and give us four points. That probably that set us going for the rest of the weekend. That that one game that he threw. You remember you remember Terry, right, Adam? Oh, big time, yeah. Yeah. That ball he threw, that big loft ball out to the middle of the lane. He had so much torque in that yeah. that shot. Yeah. Yeah, like basically right down all the way through it. It was it was crazy. His back yeah. must have been hurting. He made the he made the CBC one time, um, and on air on air he spared aces. On oh air. wow! Yeah, and I think I guess it would have been in Toronto back then, back in Toronto. But then in ninety five, eighty nine, yeah, we went to Red Deer in eighty nine for the Nationals. We did we did it okay. We ended up we ended up losing to Ontario in the men's final. So we got the silver medal. They got Ontario got the gold. You know, unfortunately I never got a gold medal. Ninety five we got the silver again. Ninety eight in uh Galaxy and Thunder Bay, we got the silver again on the mixed team. We lost round robin we went fourteen or fifteen and one. We lost the only game we lost to was Quebec. So in the final, all we had to do, excuse me, was beat Quebec one time. They beat us the first game. Second game, they beat us by two pins. But that just goes to show what you need to do is pick up your wood. If one of us or anybody would have counted 15 instead of 12 on one particular frame, that could have made the difference. But we ended up with it. We're up with this silver medal, which is fine, which is fine. Yeah, it's so shocking to me that, uh, like, you listing all the players that you've played with that at these events and nationals and stuff like that, that you, you never got to bring home a gold medal. Uh, it's amazing to me how how much depth there obviously was in the rest of the country as well, right, to to uh, stop you guys on that gold medal hunt. That's Oh, no. no, it's absolutely incredible. You know, I mean, even coming out of Calgary, Adam could probably relate to this. A lot of times in the open, years ago, years ago, we would have by far, by far, the best team on paper, the absolute best team on paper. There's no way that nobody should be us. Inevitably, we got beat because we didn't come together as a team. And you Mm -hmm. have to come together as a team. If you don't, you're done. We had so many individual players that wanted to be, all they wanted to do was play singles. And I'm not a singles person. I'm a team guy. I'd rather play team than singles any day of the week. Mm-hmm. We, we just didn't come together. Didn't come together. No, yeah, never happened. So, so, Colin, over the years, I mean, um, over, obviously with COVID, I've had the time to go over some Alberta history with Don. And I know, like, you've played with, obviously, Terry. You played with Dave Alexander. You played with Joe Wood, uh, Roy Cunningham. Um, chief. Uh, uh, the chief, right? Ken Norris is another yeah. one. Rossetti. Yeah. Yeah. Um, people don't realize you played with Robbie Shannis in '97. That's right. Um, <laughs> like, is there like, like, I guess, what players did you enjoy playing with? With like, obviously all of them, probably. But I mean, oh, yeah. what, which ones did you? What highlights you have with them? Well, those are incredible players, right? Yeah, I would say, you know, one of the best guys that I. To the, I can't, I can't say the best or one or two. There's so many guys that were really good that I enjoyed playing with. One was the chief, Roy Cunningham. Yep. Mm-hmm. Incredible, 
incredible. Another guy was Ken Norris. Hmm. If if I was on a team, if I was coaching a team, and I wanted, I needed a player to get me a strike to win the match or the tournament or whatever. Ken Norris or Roy Cunningham would be my pers- my my choices. Either one of them, they could get a strike anytime you needed. Other guys that I pulled with, um, well, you mentioned Rob Shannis. Yeah. Um, you'll remember this, Daryl, because you were you were back then in the open when Calgary used to have a rookie. Mm, I think I remember him. Adam being a rookie too. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we used to dress him. We started this, I don't know when we started this, in the 90s. We started dressing them in a French-made costume. So it started out with, you know, just a little little uh, tutu thing, and then it just got progressive, progressive. When Shannis made the team, you know, little Robbie, <laughs> yeah. he, had, he had to wear these shorts uh, thing, and Harvey Poxa, you know Harvey? Yeah. yeah. He, was on, he was on the team. And Bob comes into the room dressed in his little little tutu and shorts and harvey says are those your legs uh, shannis or did you ride in here on a chicken <laughs> uh, sean smith sean smith was the actually very first guy that we dressed up in there the- he is yeah. yeah that was original yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, that was so, a rite of passage, though, for Calgarians, man. Then you guys, that was yeah. But you know, as as time went on, we got the uh, the wrath from the Alberta Five. Yeah, probably. Well, so, cancel culture eventually sort of said, okay, you know, this probably you know, isn't. Could do it. You got to quit doing it. So yeah. yeah. Well, I think I the youth challenge even did time. it too. There was there was yeah for youth doing it. So so sort of it's okay. Well, the, the the one thing from that uniform that I hope somebody still has uh is like the front where basically all the names of the individuals who wore it i, I hope that's still around somewhere the rest of the uniform could go somewhere yeah um, i thought i thought your mom had that adam i don't believe so no i know that there's yeah there's pictures everywhere for, of everyone but i i truly hope that part of the uniform got got salvaged some point because yeah <laughs> even the names that are on that list are pretty incredible well that's yeah. what i'm saying is there a list somewhere of all the names because there's only one rookie a year right if there was three rookies did you just pick pick the one yeah it had to be on the men's team though had to be on the okay men's team. okay so 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 let me get this straight then. So why did Ron Sandness not get it instead of me? Big <laughs> <laughs> daddy. Yeah. Big daddy. Because yeah, you don't tell big, big daddy to wear it. Nope. Nothing. <laughs> nope. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Adam. You tell him. <laughs> yeah. Nope. No, nope, I wasn't going to. Yeah. Um, I, I like the comment, um, Colin, you said earlier about Ken Norris or Cunningham would be the guys that you would pick to take the two shots. Um, it'd be interesting to see people that are watching and listening right now. You can only pick two people. Who would they be? Right. Yeah. So just let's see a bunch of them in the in the comments. It'll probably be different age groups, different people, wherever you are in yeah. the country. Try yeah. to be creative, but pick two people to see it. Let's see what kind of names we get. So, I mean, you know, we've talked about a Holdsworth. I mean, a guy said Bruce said that. Bruce said that. Kevin, Bruce said that. Kevin in, in yeah. 95. Right. But, but you got to pick the two guys of, of Norris and Cunningham. Um, quickly, guys, Carrie, starting with you, who would be the two people that you would put? Uh, to throw a shot at, at the end. So are we saying like at the at the height of their yeah where they were yeah. yeah. Oh man. Yeah, at the at the not today. Who would it be? It would be at the height of their prime. 
who would yeah. be the two guys that would you would throw down to have to pick a shot? I know this is hard, uh, isn't it? Obviously, you could pick a million people, but I would have to stick around. My <laughs> Gino obviously would be huge, and I would have to say Johnstone. Man, when they were at their at the top and when they were the best players, it, it, it was a guarantee they were throwing a strike. There was no doubt yeah. about it. Tim, how about you, bud? In my generation, I'll say that because um, I will say probably uh, Adam and uh, Schultz, just because like I play a lot of times with both of them at the bottom of my order, and uh, not, nothing feels greater when you know you need to throw a strike in ten when you have those two guys down below. Yeah, uh, yeah. Adam, how about you? Uh, I'll I'll go one older, one newer, and, and unfortunately they're the same guys as most guys: uh, Gene Zebarth uh, and Matt Schultz. Yeah. yeah. And, and I you, would probably do. do, you know, again, I got you pick, you know, two, but I'm going to cheat and I'm going to go three would be John Stone, <laughs> Schultz and Weber because I've yeah. played with you guys all on open teams and you would be yeah. right down at the bottom. That would be the guys that, again, peak, peak. Okay, play. So I had but Mark one. Jackson too, maybe Mark Jackson. Can oh. I, can I cheat on my own, can my own, my own game? Can we pick so 10 guys? many. How, how about a guest? If, if, you're, gonna go, if you're yeah. going to go three, then I'll go with Bruce. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you can have a caveat of a third people. If anybody else is posting, you want to add a third, you can. But yeah. <laughs> well, not, no, well, not not to toot his horn, but uh, one of those guys would have been Collie. Now yeah. with with yeah. with Collie, you know, guarantee it was a, it was a middle hit. Like there there was no doubt it was a middle hit, and probably eighty percent of the time it was pocket hit, and his pocket was gold. So. Let's go here, Adam. Let's uh, you fire away, fanboy moment away about obviously what uh, Ad, what Collins meant to you uh, over the years and 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 whatnot. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't know. There, 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 there's only a few people um, that that will always kind of remember and cherish that um, that that really become not not only mentors but friends, right? And uh, Collie was a was a, a great mentor to me, you know bringing me from that, that youth into, to kind of the adult ranks. Um, obviously I, I knew him quite a way, like for, for quite some time, you know, through, through my mom, especially, uh, through just some of those leagues. And, and of course I, I'm, I'm naturally integrated into, to that type of a group. Uh, but, uh, for, for, for me getting into the adult game, um, uh, Collie ended up drafting me for that uh, that Wednesday night Masters League, and uh, my my first year was uh, Colin, Joe, and uh, Dave Sanderson, and uh, or I actually I, I believe it was actually supposed to be Jock Cameron, and then I believe he ended up uh, having a bail and and we brought Dave on like week one or week two or something like that, and uh, talk talk about learning the ropes immediately. All right, I've got three absolute Canadian five pin bowling legends in my in my opinion, uh, not only in in Alberta but but Canadian wide, and uh, to, to to have you know all three of them on my side, but especially Collie because he was the one that especially at that time that uh, everybody looked up to. Um, you knew he was the player in in Calgary. Um, any local tournament, he he was he was going hard, and uh, league he he was going really well as well. So um, I I don't know if you knew at the time that that you were kind of in that that mentorship role for for at least for myself, um, 
but I, I truly believe without that kind of initiation into the adult league, um, I don't think I'm nearly the player that I am today. So uh, I, I do want to thank you in, in, in person. Uh, you know, I love you. Uh, have, have known you forever. Uh, obviously, uh, you know, the, the whole Joe Wood connection, I, I guess, is his daughter um, and, and all that. So, um yeah, no, no, thank, thank you for, for that. Uh, I, I know we'll, we'll probably have one more little story at some point here uh, down the road of maybe a, a tournament together. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, you, you mean the world to me in this game, but thank you. Thanks, Adam. I appreciate mean, that. Sorry. I really appreciate it. Um, Adam, don't you mean your highest career highlight? <laughs> your memory with Colin? Isn't that your your career best ever <laughs> been? Or <laughs> That no? was the pinnacle oh. or what? Yeah, I, I that's, what, I that's what I was really hoping for. I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Wait, sorry, sorry. Elaborate. Nope. nope. I, we're sharing that. We're going to share that story in a little bit. Okay. I just thought maybe you were going to mention it as your career highlight, but we're good. <laughs> the the G and G. We can talk there yeah. now. Why don't, why don't, why don't we, we don't need to keep the the, sure. the, the listeners. Okay. <laughs> well, the, it, it was it was an absolute highlight, and uh, I. I I actually forgot about it for, for some reason, but then I went into the old vault and I actually uh, found the trophy uh, of when you went, when, when you carried me to a uh, green and gold victory. Uh, no, 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 no. Green and gold. What a fabulous tournament. The green and gold has been for so many years too, right? Having a, a younger person playing with an, a green and a gold playing together, having to be what? Seven years apart difference somebody under so, a certain age but i don't know what it was right uh what a cool tournament big big prize money too big side action on the doubles pots adam uh, won a fortune that weekend adam yeah. won a fortune he carried me on saturday he carried me on saturday i carried you on sunday we beat Derek and whoever's partner was in the end I, i'm gonna assume zwicker because yeah was, probably it was, it might have, it might have been. but that being said uh, that tournament, the 2007 Green and Gold, um, as it turned out, I was not Adam's first choice. Oh, there's a story oh, here. Wow. What's this all about, Adam? I can't remember last week. So. I, was not, I was not your first choice. The immigrant was your first choice. Oh, Dernison. John Dernison, but he got hurt. <laughs> that sounds like John Dernison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So I was I was second choice, guys. I was second choice. Wow. But Adam, well, it's a good, well, it's a good Adam, thing he picked you if you carried him on Sunday. So yeah. Well, but Adam, you are by far, by far the best player in the world. Not Canada, oh. the world. Oh, I, I I'm not you certain, are. but it, but I, I appreciate are. that. You are. <laughs> now, uh, Colin, when did you first meet Adam, and how did this young guy rise oh, to the ranks when you were a yeah. Adam, would have, Adam would have been maybe a teenager. Yeah, somewhere in his early teens. Adam would never bowl. The only way Adam would bowl if he was able to wear his ball cap. You remember that, Adam? Yeah. 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 And I, I yeah. Yeah. Now I'm I not never bowling wear unless, unless I could wear my ball cap. Then. Uh, well, because Adam and his mom used to bowl 
Adam's mom used to bowl with us in our Thursday night league. So that's how I got to really know Adam. But then it got to a point where he was getting good. He was getting good. And he actually asked me if, if I would coach him in a tournament. And I don't know. I can't remember what it was, Adam. But it's one. Remember, you were bowling at Paradise. Yeah. We were bowling against Curtis. You weren't having a great tournament. You were not having a good tournament. And you were, your attitude, well, you had an attitude back then. Big time. Right? You had an attitude. Yeah. And I remember you were bowling Curtis Deering and you were losing. And I took you aside and you said to me, says, I can't beat this guy. I can't beat this guy. And I, and I looked at you and I'll remember this till I die. I said, Adam, you can beat him and you can beat anybody you want to. Now, I don't know if that helped turn your uh, attitude around, but it seemed to spark something in you and look where you are today. Hmm. I'm not going to take credit for it, but I think you that helped did. a little bit. Yeah, I, th I think you just did, Colin. So. <laughs> Prime mentor moment. Yeah. <laughs> little, little things like that you just don't forget. You know, That's a cool story. Don't forget. Hmm. But yeah. You had so much potential, even when you were young. You had so much potential. So much potential, and, and it's it is there today. Yeah. And you can see right now, Adam's head grew two times bigger. <laughs> yeah. oh, wow! Yeah. It's Christmas time, isn't it? Oh no, that's that, that's his heart. Right? The heart. <laughs> we, need, we, need, we need to find that, get that sound bite back out though. At some point, you need to pull the sound bite out of that, too, Carrie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, right. Love that. Let's go with CBC. Um, sure. Now there was some qualifying, obviously CBC, TSN. Did you you play? You played. Obviously, it wasn't a great experience for you. So, well, TSN, yeah, TSN. I never played. I did not, and do not like that format. I do not like that format at all. You win, you win on points. You don't win on frames. You win on points. I don't. So I never bowled it. CBC, I bowled a few times. Nineteen ninety two. It in uh, Medicine Hat at uh, uh, we were bowling and I bowled incredible, incredible, and I've, I won it for Southern Alberta, and I beat um, I can't remember his name. He, anyhow, he was second. Uh, I'll think of his name as we go. Anyhow, we went to went to Winnipeg to take the tournament and I was there, Blair Pizzi was there um, and I'm up against the fellow from Ontario. I've never heard of the guy's name before. We start okay, you know, strike, spare, whatever. Fourth frame, he's on a double. I have the strike in the third frame. Fourth frame, I got aces and he ran a five-bagger and the game was over. That was mm -hmm. my own, one and only experience at the CBC. Something I'll never forget. That was um, Don Riopel. That's it. Yeah. Well done, Tim. How did you know that? Um, our last guest gave me all his uh, stats from the previous all oh. CBCs. <laughs> 296, 216. Yeah, yeah. That that was the same year that uh, Len Matarash, our friend, was on there. So there oh, you go. Len Matarash. Oh, and do we have the video oh, of that, Kerry? Do we have the video queued up, too? No, I wish. Uh, so Wayne, that year Wayne Davies won twenty seven thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, that was the year. Yeah, I believe Ken Norris won that tournament one time too. 
Yeah, I believe you did. Yeah, I can, I can. I have all the stats, so I can go back and look at it. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Oh yeah, that's interesting. But now it is cool playing on the on the CBC. Now was that a time when um, they had the, the the light and they said wait, or the production was very specific at that point? Colin, was that right? Mm-hmm. Where they mm-hmm. okay, you can't go yet, can't go yet. Okay, yeah. now you can go. Like, yeah, yeah, pretty much. Bill Douglas, Bill Douglas was the color guy. Yeah, him and, him and Ernie did the show, Ernie Afghanis, and uh, yeah, it's it's it was a really good setup. They had it on upstairs in in Winnipeg, and they shot the whole the whole uh, whole show in two days. It's not like they did years when they first started to go every every Saturday live. I know when Ken was on it, he'd fly down to Toronto and come back, fly down next week, but they did it all oh. on the one weekend. That's incredible. And do you know at that time if they were flying back and forth, was that on their own dime or were they paid for? By... No, no that was, I'm sure it was paid by CBC. Oh, that's so crazy, though. They wouldn't pay their own dime. No. Yeah. Yeah, that's in, yeah, that's absolutely lot. insane expense. <laughs> um, Ken, Ken Norris won in 1988. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. You're just a stats man, Tim. You like don't yeah. Well, Don Don's taught me well or teaching me well, I say. You do have a pretty good catalog there, Tim. Give yourself yeah. a pat there, bud. You've got yeah. you got a lot of info over there yeah. for sure. And, yeah. and you know where to get it too, which is which is now, now a I big do. big part of the yeah. battle. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I can just picture binders and binders full of stuff on your desk. <laughs> yeah, it's on the floor actually, but you yeah. gotta scan it. <laughs> you gotta scan it and get it in the cloud someday. That that's what I'm doing right now. Yes, when I have yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're chatting high double. Obviously, um, what is that now? Calling a it wasn't a perfect game. Nope. Four forty five, three ninety eight. Four forty five, three ninety eight. So that's yeah. eight. What are we talking? Eight forty three. Eight forty three. Wow. That, yeah. That's nuts. That's twenty years ago. How many strikes in a row? So well, obviously the first game. Was Eleven. Eleven, and then any. <laughs> First game, my first game was 239, then 445, 398. Wow. Yeah. Where was that at? Paradise. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sticks in the memory. Sticks yeah. in the memory. And then the, that was good. Go on, obviously. So that was part of your high triple was the 1088. No. No. Okay, different. Dude, triple had a perfect game in it. My very yeah. first perfect game, I shot 1088. Had, yeah. had the perfect game in it. Yeah. Wow. Um, we talked about the high quad, but what about highest average? And where did you normally, you know, linger for an average? I would have lingered at Chinook in Calgary. But where? Been. What? Like what number? Um, like two seventy oh, average, or you when know? I left, I would have, when I left, I'd have been two sixty something. Yeah, two sixty. And, and mostly in the two sixties, yeah, a few years. Yeah, like two fifties, sixties. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Years, I, yeah. I think at that time, basically your your high elite was anywhere basically two sixty plus, and I, I can't remember a guy that was even at two seventy. There there was a number of guys right around that two sixty two sixty five mark. It not not quite the same. You're seeing two seventies everywhere now, right? We are. We're seeing them a lot more across the country. You're seeing them. Yeah, but yeah, you're right. It was two seventy two was the high league average. There's right? two reasons uh, for that. Was city There's high. Two reasons for that. Yeah. I was city high. I was city high average in Edmonton with two sixty three one year. Like That's right. it, it tells you how high it or how how mm-hmm. much the game has changed even since then, like the last decade. 
Is that yeah. what we're saying? Uh, Don Sam just put uh, Larry Ellert would have been a 277. So is that the highest average that's, anywhere? Yeah, Don is right. Larry had 277 back in the, I'd say in the 70s. Wow. Yeah, la- I'm la- surprised that I'm surprised that's several. the highest in Calgary of all time. Well, it's yeah, not anymore. It it's not. What is it now? Adams, two, 280.3. Okay. You did have a 280. Yeah. But uh, it, it lasted 20, almost 25 years. Alerts. Yeah. Yeah. And but, uh, I don't think anybody's been even close. In all in all fairness, Adam, I heard there was a rumor you just went to an easier house just to get the city high average. Uh, <laughs> Between you know, the Edmonton so, city high average. <laughs> well, no. So the, that, that was definitely part of it. A couple of funny stories about that, though. So it, it, it was a, a five-player fun league, three three games, and I hated every like minute of it because it was so <laughs> slow. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm bowling with Lucy and a couple other friends. So like the, the, the friendship side of it was, was great. Um, uh, halfway through the year, um, I was averaging like 299, 298, type thing so i was playing really really huge uh played the uh played played the last uh, half year on a broken foot just to get enough games so that that was before i ended up having my first surgery uh, on my foot so ju- just to make sure i got enough games in type thing for it but so yeah. so you're telling me it's not the yeah. first time you sat on your score with just enough games you get a city high average. Now, 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 no, no, no. I just want to clarify if, that. If, if we're talking games, <laughs> I still threw like forty more games than Freddie. Okay. So, I'm, so I'm don't saying, don't go there, Timmy. I'm just saying ethically. Oh, same wow. same now, thing. Now, now, legit. That the, the year I broke it in in Edmonton. Um, the the second last week I, I was going to be unavailable anyways, and then the last week, why risk it? So yeah, that's right. What yeah. um, and, and Freddie did it the year before. <laughs> oh, he did for sure. He did. He it could be it sure. could be a rabbit hole. But what um, anybody in the comments? What's the highest league average going on right now in your league, um, mm-hmm. guys? Tim, do you know what the highest league average right now out there I in think, Edmonton I, is? I, I think Schultz. I think Schultz is two eighty two. Two eighty two. I haven't. I thought I Dexter was maybe higher. Or you guys, Adam, on Sunday nights, you guys might Adam's be. Adam's two seventy. De- De- Dex is two seven five. I think uh, me and Ty are both two seven one. Yeah. Um. I think I haven't looked at Bradley on at Bonnie Dune on Thursdays, but I, I think right now Schultz okay. is two eighty two. Two eighty two yeah. on Thursday nights. And yeah, yeah. And Katie's two sixty eight right now on Thursdays or two sixties. Katie. Oh yeah, Rainer. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Dream Crusher. Yeah. Dream Crusher. Yeah. <laughs> What is the dream, dream crushers? What do you think about this, Colin? Have you seen the 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 five PL, the five pin pro league going on? What do you think about that? Virtually playing against the team and you know across the country. I think it's an awesome way to do it. I, I've looked at the site. I haven't watched any of it, but I've looked at it, and I think that is an absolute incredible way to promote this game. Just incredible. I wish we had it when we were. That's what I was getting at. Yeah, I mean, who would have been your team? So you got to play five guys or wow. seven people, but you have to have a female start and end. What's the what's your roster look like, and what's your team name? Hey, put you on the oh, spot for a team name too. <laughs> I don't know what my team. Well, I know what our team name in our Thursday night league was, but I would change that. <laughs> um, well, it's, it would have been it's 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 kind of a religious name. But I don't know. I, I don't know what I would call it. I don't know what yeah. I would call it. But, yeah. um, to have a, 
a start a lady start at two two ladies on it well you have to have a lady start the game and finish the game so most teams have two females just for the sake of if you need to sub one you can or Okay. You leave them both in or whatever. But most teams are going with two. I think there's two teams with only one female, guys. I think so, yeah. yeah. Well, if I had to pick two females, I would pick uh, Jennifer Marshall or Jennifer Smith and probably Diane. Okay. For the guys, there's too many guys, way too but many. But this guys. is, I mean, you got to play with your guys in your neighborhood of your generation. Who would be your team? That you'd want to, yeah, like you'd want to play with. And you're going up against the Dream Crushers where you've already got, you know, yeah. or, or what? From your Calgary right? area, probably. Yeah, from from your, Calgary. Um, like you're, you're playing with your buddy Joe. You got to have Joe on your team. Joe would be there. I'll tell you a story about Joe in a minute. Yeah. Uh, Joe, <laughs> that's a good story. Good story. Yeah. Okay. I would take. Roy Cunningham, mm -hmm. uh, Ken Norris, and Don Sim. How many, more, how many more do I need? That's it. Then you and That's Joe. It. No, you, you, you have one more guy if you want. You can. To. You, Joe, and then, well, the females from I your know, era, maybe. Probably, probably a guy you guys don't know. His name is Bob Miller. Yeah, which one? I know Bobby, Bobby Miller. Bobby Miller or Bobby, Bobby Miller 2? <laughs> No, Bobby Miller, the little guy. Yeah, yeah, the ball oh, yeah. Guy. yeah. yeah. You so want to see? You want to see a bowler to e emulate a style from? He's the guy to watch. He's the guy to watch. Beautiful, beautiful. Hmm. Those would be the guys. Yeah, I pick those. No problem. No problem. Females. Female Jennifer, okay. Jennifer Marshall, and Diane. I think. Fair. Awesome. And we kick your ass. <laughs> probably. <laughs> probably you. We we got Tim, so <laughs> you know, no, no, no. We we got Carrie. That's fair. That's yeah, we discussed call. that earlier. <laughs> but you want you want to hear a quick quick story about Joe Wood? Yeah, you bet. Yeah, he's he won't give himself enough credit. He just no. doesn't give himself enough credit for being the bowler that he is. In 1997. We were bowling the provincials, and, and don't ask me where it was because I don't don't remember. Tim, <laughs> Tim uh, anyhow, um, we were bowling, and, and Joe was on the bench. We had a strong team, and they sat Joe to start. And I think Rick Wagner was the coach. I'm not sure. Sure part. Anyhow, one of us wasn't doing very good, so he uh, pulled the guy out. Joe come in, I think shot four or five bagger and row won the point. During that whole tournament, Joe came off the bench more times than enough with four or five bagger in a row and won the point and probably helped us win the tournament. But he won't give himself enough credit for that. If it wasn't for Joe bringing us up, we may not have won that. We may not have won the Open that year. Then we, went to, then we went to the uh, Nationals at Chinook. I can tell you another story about that one, too. We love hearing that because we've talked about that lots um, on this, about how important it is to have a bench player who just can come in free wheel and throw a bunch of strikes. And oh. then you know what? Go back on the bench and be ready to throw strikes when you need it. Yeah. And if you're not, that's fine. But it's yeah. such a such a key, important he, role, he, isn't it? Joe was, Joe was such a great player for that, that year. Just phenomenal. 
phenomenal. Then we go to the Nationals at Chinook, and uh, we didn't do very well. But I'm up on the lanes. I'm shooting, shooting 400, going into the 10th frame. And Ontario was right beside us on the left. And one of their players, I think it was Greg Peteritis, stuck on the lane. So it's no big deal. So the mechanic comes over and he was brought some stuff down to spray the spray the approach to clean it up. And our coach and our manager of the Cali Alberta team went over and said, Can you just wait a minute to let him finish? Because he's shooting 400. He said, Nope, nope, I gotta keep the tournament on time. <laughs> do you remember his name, Adam? Uh, there, I do, one, I do, but I'm not going to mention it. There, there, there's one of two guys. I just can't remember the era. Yeah, yeah, that kind both, of both both would do it. <laughs> <laughs> but he would he would not stop the tournament, not no. for two minutes, not for a minute, no, not for a minute. Yeah. Hmm. So, a couple people may know this already, but. Uh, there's a little known fact that uh, the Colin was also in a music group. So what, what, Don't what? you dare. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you so, dare. So th thank, <laughs> thankfully, I could not get video of it. Good. Um, but uh, w w would you like to tell everybody of, uh, your, your trio? <laughs> Joe? Joe? Rick and I, Rick Wagner, Adam, you bugger. <laughs> we were going, we were going up to Edmonton for the Rose Bowl, and uh, we were singing in the car. No big deal. And then Rick had a uh, New Year's New Year's party at his house. So Joe and Maria were there. Linda and I were there, and they started doing a a karaoke type of thing. So Joe. Rick and I were sat there and we were kind of singing along to some of the songs. And the women, I don't know, I still to this day think it was Maria, she videoed it. She videoed us singing. Her and Linda, and I guess Rick's wife, Rita, they went out and bought us uh, t shirts, golf shirts. It said, not, not Three Dog Night back then, it was the Three Dogs at Night. That's what our name was. <laughs> so, so we thought, okay, no big deal. We, we had New Year's party, no, no big deal. So we go bowling Thursday night after New Year's to Chinook, and you got to picture this, guys. There's 32 monitors, screens yeah. with yeah. screens. Wow! Guess what's up on the screen playing? <laughs> Our video. <laughs> Three dogs at night. Three dogs at night. This would be great video. I I, I will get it. Don't <laughs> no, 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 that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I think all copies have been destroyed. That's not true. Yeah. I have seen it. I've seen it too. Yeah. Hey, you, you keep my French maid out. So I'll keep that one out. What's yeah. that out? That that'll be our truce. You keep the French maid information out, and I'll keep that video out. Deal. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a bunch of blackmailing going on here. Yeah. Um, now, now, Colin, over the years, obviously, you've you, you played a ton of games. Um, what are some of the changes that have happened over the years that you would maybe wish that didn't change, uh, that things would have just stayed the same, whether it's, you know, free fall or, 
well, know, a, a pin boy or a counter? Like, what are I mean? It's the the old school versus the new school. What What do you think? Two two, two things, only two things, and it's not going to make Tim very happy because he's proprietor. Huh. But so I'm okay. Yeah, free fall, <laughs> free fall, and wood lane beds. Okay, uh, that doesn't wood hurt lane, me. Wood lane bed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, even in a perfect in a perfect world, if that was the case, to keep it that way, that'd be world, so much yeah, better with it. Counter pin, I don't care about because it's not going to make that much difference to a high average player anyway. Whether you miss it or not, it's not a big deal. But those would be the two things that I would like to see <laughs> go back. Then that gives you a little more insight into how a house plays. You know, uh, an example: Ken Norris, an astute person of the game he knows when when we had wood lanes in calgary he would be able to tell you that lane five at paradise broke this much that lane 17 on at chinook broke only this much he was such a student of the game he knew that me i didn't i don't nice. but now with synthetic lanes i think you can go just about to any house and they're they're pretty close to the same no, no. Why is that? Is because that the grooves in the lanes, or the the condition, the oiling, the conditioning, it's, it's the oil, or, or... It's the oil. Yep, the oil okay. and the wood. Some yeah. of it's harder, some of it's softer. I'm not a yeah. not a lane guy. Marshall Raymond would be able if he was on the show, he'd be able to tell you. But yeah, you know, um, the wood because uh, certain lanes broke more than others. Uh, laid the way the lanes were oiled back then. If they were too oily, your ball didn't break. If they're oiled too much not enough take off on you yeah but uh th those would be the two things that i would like to see go back in time but it's not going to happen no i i agree with you on the wood lanes um i love the old wood lanes i mean obviously i think that's the reason why scores also is another reason why it's gone up uh things are a little bit more consistent and people don't have to read them or learn how to make that adjustment you can just throw but uh i think with wood lanes uh, so most of us worked in a bowling center. I think humidity, weather, um, boards breaking or, you know, or, or lifting and, or the amount of oil on the lane, how many times somebody's played on that lane, the oil might be saturated in more than another lane. Um, it, there's, there's all these different factors to it. And um, the approaches, I think that's a huge thing because approaches were a lot different on lane to lane to lane to lane, depending on how somebody tracked oil across or how they conditioned it. So I, I enjoyed it because uh, Carrie mentioned, like we we're talking about Wednesday nights was that you had a, with wood lanes, sometimes you had to learn the lanes and learn how to grind and learn how to, to play, play the game. Right. And learn to make those adjustments. Nowadays you don't, you just, there's a lot easier just to find that line and, and make a small well, adjustment instead of a big one. Right. Yeah. Well, I think, I think too, and, and I may, and correct me if I'm wrong, but in, in my era, we didn't have a lot of fireballers like you guys do know like adam yeah much less yep Derek yeah. home a fireballer most of the young kids nowadays are fireballers they don't you don't need to be able to read the lane it's not going to move that much on a synthetic lane if you hit your spot when it ball's gone it's there but in the wood lane you had to adjust to make your ball move because we didn't throw it as hard as you guys do yeah to to do what it to do what it needed to do and you had to adjust that from not just one set of lanes, but every lane. If you're rolling on one and two, different ball on one, different ball on two sometimes, different rotation. Put it out on the lane a little bit more. 
all those variables. All those variables. Yeah. That's why the scorings are higher nowadays. Yeah, that's yeah. Fine. It's, yeah. just a, it's just a lot more consistent, right? It, the bullet doesn't have to make all those drastic changes in order to score good. So no, no, with, they don't. Con, with consistency goes everything else, right? It's like, yeah. it's just like any other sport. If the conditions are the same, it's naturally going to be easier to get better at it, right? It's when the conditions change, it's like golfing. If you golf in a dome, you're going to hit that seven iron the same every time. But if you play in rain it's going to change right like absolutely. it's absolutely it's yeah. just the condition of the sport right I, I i will say it's crazy i obviously for many years i've always conditioned the lanes we've always done the same thing at the assure park but i always had a different starting spot on 15 16 and 1 and 2 did and i'd done it all from when i had the wood lanes always had it um just because they play differently on wood right the the walls are colder on the sides, yeah, yeah. right? Humidity, Insulation, was humidity was changing. I found the balls didn't move as much, so I changed. Always had it there, and then when we went to synthetic, I just kept the same spot. But certain lanes on certain houses, I always knew that I seventeen eighteen at Paradise. I hated that set. Um, well, love it. I, I like it now that. that synthetics are there. But five on seventeen and eighteen at Paradise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still good. Were you one, um, Colin, to change uh, and adjust quite a bit, or were you staying in the yeah. same line, same I shot, repetitive? I, what was I, I adjust. I never adjusted. I never threw a different ball. I always, like, when we had after personal balls, I've always yeah. thrown a star line. Always thrown a star line. I would either move my thumb up a little bit, move it to the side, move, put my ball out on the lane a little bit more, give it a little more flick at the end, that's how I made my adjustments. I but sta but standing in the same spot, typically. Yeah. Always stand in the same spot. Uh, that's interesting. You say move your thumb a lot. Um, do other? Do you guys do that as well? as play around with your finger placement? And you know, sometimes for me, I find my finger, my my pinky in the bottom when I'm holding it. If I keep that closer together, it makes a difference too. But mm, uh, we don't my, talk about that one a lot. Is, is moving your your hand position, right? So, Colin, yeah. you bring up a point there that uh, I'm not sure if guys are doing a lot. Are you doing that, Carrie? And your your many changes? Yeah, my my hand position's a big one. So it depends if, if I start underneath the ball or if I start on the side. I used to do when I was younger. I used to start on top of the ball, which was a little bit different. But now it's more on the side and changing thumb positions quite a bit. Yeah, and figure and your fingertip grip. Yeah, I, I palm the ball pretty much. Well, I was just going to say, a lot of guys palm the ball. You yeah. know, I was taught you always got to put your fingertips, you always got to be able to slide your fingers between your palm and the ball. Yeah, and yeah, that's a, a common theme across uh, pretty much all the coaching aspects. I've I done away with that. <laughs> I don't know why. It works for you. So. Yeah. What yeah. about you, Tim and Adam? Do you guys play around with your thumb and finger positions on the ball too? I, I do if I'm struggling a little bit, and it depends on how much work I want to put it on during league. Sometimes, sometimes you're like you're just mailing yeah. it in after halfway through the third game. You're like, time to go to Earl's, right? But uh, in all fairness, <laughs> in all fairness, I do during yes. Uh, Lynn taught me that about when I was about 15. Thumb position. I do a lot with my thumb position, or yeah. if I spread my fingers out, right? Because um, I end up have a lot more side spin than a lot, right? And so I find that if it's more uh, a little bit more end over end or a little bit different. It, it makes a little bit different reaction for sure. And that's what it is. It's it's finger position that makes the difference from the rotation on the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. 
Yeah, I, I don't. I don't change too much on the hand. Uh, I, I I have played around with that a little bit, uh, especially uh, like the spreading of the fingers, just to try to get more like more finger, well fingers on the ball, really, right, rather than that palm. But but realistically, Collie, uh, that uh, now I know why I only throw one ball. There, there's, there's that mentorship thing, right? And, and it's the star <laughs> line. So so realistically, the, the the ball does everything for us. Now now I understand. Like the the star line is the ball. It, it it makes me much better, and I'm not a very good player. So, <laughs> yeah, but you know, Adam, I never got a perfect game with the star line. Always house balls. Oh wow! All my perfect games are house balls. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. My my star lines are still defective. So I think I, they're I, jokes, I, aren't they? Don't they belong to Joe? Well, 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 they are, but uh, they they have like a crack in it. So uh, I, he's been asking me to pay up for them for for many years, and I, I've sent a few checks. So they they just never seem to get there. Keep bouncing. And, uh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. written <laughs> mail. Yeah. But they're 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 defective. They they crack easy. So I, I'm still not sure about them. I'm still test driving them. <laughs> well, well Colin, what about um, you know if you were to look back and sort of say my career highlights uh, would be these handful of things, whether they're playing at a tournament or playing with people. What would you say some of the the, the greatest highlights of Colin Kier's career? Well, obviously my perfect games. Uh, being uh, named to the national open national all star team twice. Yeah, we did talk uh, about that. Well, that's big. Remember those years? Which uh, which years were those? Eighty nine and ninety five. Yeah. Um, great. Um, some of the great guys I played with. Um. Yeah, that would probably sum it up in just a few few words. But yeah, some of those are big highlights in my career. Hmm. Some big games. Big, big games, game. big big quads, big triples, big, big doubles. Big games, you yeah. know, you know, uh, being a friend of Adams. <laughs> oh, that's price. That's priceless. <laughs> uh, so I guess we're we're closing in on that two hour mark, Colin. Is there anything you want to hit on before we end this podcast? Is there anything? No, I, I think I think we've covered a lot of things, guys. I want to just make a shout out to to a, a, another guy that was a big influence on me early, early on, Al Hong, um, when he drafted me into the Masters in the early 70s. He uh, influenced in me the importance of picking your wood. He said to me, and I won't forget it, he said, if you get a corner pin and you miss it, don't do like a lot of people do, just get the third ball and throw it away. Who cares about the two points? Use that third ball for practice and that has stuck with me for 50 years so a shout out to Al Hall huh. that's huge yeah. I, I kind of want to hit on a little little bit of a story here about uh, Winnipeg so I got the lucky opportunity to play with Marcello um, and Anthony Street on the Saturday afternoon shift and it, it was a story of Lots of corners, chop-offs, picking your wood, making sure your spares. I've never seen two gentlemen miss so many spares in my life. And I was yeah. unreal on my corner spares. And I was like, are you guys watching this clinic I'm putting on? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's getting ridiculous. But, Carrie, that, that's, that's today's game for a lot of players, though, right? Yeah, yeah. But that's good. I mean, that's a good learning lesson for those guys. Young guys, too, are going to play in a lot of tournaments. That yeah. Why you're not 
at the level of where Kerry's at is because you're not picking your corners. That's and right. if you want to be good, you want to be great, you got to pick your corners and look at this guy putting a clinic on right now. And you're one of the best <laughs> at it, right, Kerry, to do that? Yeah. Um, so so good on you for doing it and good on you for teaching a lesson to the boys who, who weren't doing it. <laughs> good old Jeff Watts. And uh, <laughs> I had a conversation with Jeff Watts. He was down in there. So Ontario keeps giving us crap because we call Northern Ontario and Southern Ontario. Southern Ontario doesn't like being called Southern Ontario. So they're now Upper Canada for all those social studies. <laughs> people out there. Southern Ontario is now Upper Canada. That's what we're sticking with for the Five Pin Universe podcast. And uh, Colin, I just want to thank you for coming on yes. and doing this. Um, you've been a gem and Adam has spoken nothing but kind words about you for as long as I've known Adam. And Unfortunately, I wasn't lucky enough ever to compete against you. I don't believe maybe at a green and gold tournament if you played with Adam back in the day, but um, it's been great uh, talking to you and hearing all the stories. And thanks very much for being a part of this. Oh, you're welcome, guys. It's my pleasure. Thanks, Colin. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much, Colin. Um, so, Colin, you're more than welcome to stick on and talk with us after. We're just going to put you in the background, or you can leave if you're sick and tired of us. That's perfectly fine. We're just going to do it and end banter here. No, I'll stick around. Perfect. And then uh, we'll do the draw for our, our audience here. Thanks very much. All righty. What, what an legend. awesome guy. Colin, I mean, he's, he's the Calgary Bruce Mortar, right? Lynn Howell. Right. And, and that's, I'm so glad that we were able to get him on as a guest to, to do this. Um, mm -hmm. You know, Adam, you've obviously said lots of, I've known, I've known Colin for a long time too. Sure, sure. Quick story. I think he picked me in one of these investment seminars in Calgary, Autumn Open, one of my early years when I made the 16s and he picked me. So, okay, I got Colin as my, uh, you know, he's my jockey, I guess you could say. And he's like, okay, horse, let's go. Well, he watched me for about three games. I quickly fell to 16th place. And he said, have a nice day, Daryl. We'll see you next year. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, guess that. Yeah. Yeah. Ne 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 never really met Colin, but uh, heard a lot about him, right? Obviously, and through stories and history and through Bruce and Lynn and Gino and all those guys. And um, obviously through Adam. And what a, ge what a gentleman, what a, what a character. And what a, like, it was just great yeah. having him on and getting to know him, right? Yeah. So. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, two two legend of the games. Extremely humble, right? Just just like mo most of the uh, the the legends that we've had on. Um, probably why we're not going to be all that like legendary because we're not nearly <laughs> as humble, right, Timmy? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Dream like, pressures. I, 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 <laughs> I, I've been fortunate to know him for pro probably thirty years of my life, uh, maybe even more. Um, I, I still remember scorekeeping for all, all those guys, including, you know, Collie at the, the Autumn Open at, at Chinook, uh, back when scorekeeping was a thing, right? So, um, mm -hmm. uh, be, being able to, to, to bowl with him and to the, I, I know a lot of the, a lot of the listeners out there, younger listeners, uh, you know, we, we, we talk about having the opportunity to bowl with, you know, people like Gino and, and Bruce and, uh, and Lynn and, and Collie and, uh, so, so many of these guys that, um, that, that are true legends. And, and we had that opportunity to play with those guys. And, uh, I, I, I don't take that for granted whatsoever. 
I know even in you know t- today's game, uh, there, there's a lot of players that uh, will, will end up going and uh, playing one of these events, and, and uh, you know to have an opportunity to play even with some of us on, on tour, right? Like our, our, our careers are, are coming not quite to an end, but we're not going to be around forever either, right? So um, yeah, and never take that that for granted, and and I certainly never did with Collie. I, I love bowling with him, love bowling against him because he he simply was the best in Calgary for quite a few years. Totally. All right. With that all being said, let's run this draw for our audience. Eighteen entries. Good luck, everyone. De- Dex, I see Dexter and Adam Weber on there. They should be stricken from the record. <laughs> <laughs> They never win anyways. We don't have to no. worry about it. Oh, Jen Haas. Again. Nice. Amazing. She she played in Winnipeg too. Yeah, she good to see. There. She was playing well. Awesome to see. All right, everyone. Um, we have one last podcast before Christmas. We're not going to be running one on the 22nd. So we'll... Uh, do we have a guest scheduled to me? Not yet. I don't yeah. know. Do we Do we want to do a debate night? I mean, we've I been think, a little. I think we've been kind of dicks to each other. So yeah. Yeah. I think we might end with a debate night. Uh, discuss some topics. So you guys can submit submit them to anybody a part of the podcast. We'll do a big one, last one. Um, not sure how long of a podcast it'll be, and then uh, we'll break for the Christmas break. So uh, everybody, can we also do the week? rips. Is this where we do the cut downs or the rips? Uh, oh, let's do that. Oh, yeah. Hey, let's bring the that mean back. tweets. Mean the mean tweets. tweets. Mean tweets, mean tweets, ugly sweaters, maybe ugly sweaters. Oh, maybe. yeah, maybe yeah. ugly sweaters <laughs> next Wednesday. Wow, oh, wow. yeah, hey, do uh, some shopping. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, you have some, but they're too small for you, Adam. That's the problem, right? No, no, so. hey, you, you got a like a Raiders jersey or yeah. something? That's pretty ugly. <laughs> well, is. hey, hey, well, yeah, J- Jacob, yeah, he has nine kids now, he's only yeah. 23, so hey, only, only eight women, though. That's not. He's scoring uh, 100%. With it. Sunday morning, we've got um, right. 5PL action, and the Dream Crushers do play this weekend coming up. So Yes, yes we are uh, playing this Sunday at 9 in the morning. There's four different teams playing this weekend, so looking for yep. some big uh, big scores and action, some movement in the standings, if you will. Yeah, you bet. I think Regina Escapes are playing. Yep. Mad Hatters, Heartland Kingpins, I think, are playing again. Um, and GP, does GP play too? Ooh, or is there oh, five man, teams maybe playing this weekend? Yeah, I, I feel bad that I don't know this off the top of my head. It's a busy weekend, I do believe. So, yes, yes, it, there's five separate teams playing. I do believe. I think the Regina yeah. Escapes are the only, uh, the Infinite Escapes are the only team playing two matches. So, we'll, you'll get a bunch of different players playing. So, please yep. tune in. Yeah, Sunday um, morning, boom. All right, we'll talk to you guys next week. See y'all. All right, have a good one. Cheers. Everyone. Take care. Cheers.